Hello everybody, I am Fight Club Hubs. Welcome to another wonderful episode of GVN Live. I am joined by the gamer Keith, Mark B. Writing, and sub again for Emily. It is Nick. How are you, Nick? Woo! Welcome back. Hi. Welcome back. For those who have short-term memory loss, Nick actually joined us back in December when we did our award ceremony show. So, uh, Nick, catch us up. What have you been up to, brother? Uh, how many months has it been? Dece uh, okay, so it's been a while. Uh working when I haven't been working uh, playing games or hockey <laughs> one one of those two things all right yeah I, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into about that but yeah that's um, that's the basic gist of it I do believe last time we had you on the show we didn't actually do a full introduction for you so why don't you go ahead and tell us what you actually do for a living I work at the inquirer in their on their sports desk I just get stats and standings and stuff together for the next day's paper and then run the oh, run wow. the sports page of the website uh too so yeah oh wow all right i did not know that about you <laughs> you yeah. sound like you have a crazy so job something. and you're actually off tonight which is uh kind of cool right you usually work yeah. nights i i don't work sundays and mondays so yeah that's why i'm usually here and not for game jams that you were trying to get me on for so long and we finally got you on for uh, one a couple weeks ago. So, uh, actually, just real quick, let's pick your brain. What did you actually think of uh, Sonic 3D Blast 2? It, it's it's a cool game. It's a cool game. <laughs> um, for, like, a fan-made project, that was actually really solid. A bit of... The fact that it runs in the Doom engine, I mean, there's a little... Un, it's a little unwieldy, unwieldy. I don't know if it's any different... That, if it's if you play with a controller, I don't know if it has controller support. I believe it does, but like the mouse and keyboard fits the game perfectly. Yeah, but it's solid, and I mean it's it's free, right? It doesn't cost yep. anything to play. It is yeah, free. It is. In fact, the warning at the beginning of the game is this game is not for sale. If somebody sells it to you, they ripped your ass off. <laughs> yeah, I mean it definitely doesn't hurt to try it. Absolutely, so, I recommend. Um, there is an arrow over my face right now, but uh, oh, okay, I didn't fix that. Uh, my my only complaint was maybe the maybe some of the levels got a little too long. Um, I mean, we ran into that uh, when we recorded the game jam too. So yeah, yeah. We, we that was definitely that. Some of those late stages did get incredibly long, especially the one where uh, we had to navigate the uh, the, the the rapids <laughs> on that stage with the the water. I guess it was the mandatory water stage. Yeah, and we ran into some stuff where we just didn't know how to move on next, but that's, I just like to think that's typical of games in the, in the made in the 90s anyway, so uh, maybe and, I was a little bit more tolerant of that. Yeah, we I, I did save a clip from that one session, I don't know if you saw it, it was the one where uh, the enemy came out of nowhere when I walked, ran, ran around the corner and it blew up yeah, on us, yeah. <laughs> I actually screamed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, look it up on the channel, you, you you'll get a good laugh. screamed? La I was like, oh shit! Yeah, you actually, like a little girly scream, like "yee." Yeah, probably. So, thank you, Nick, for your uh, your little introduction. So, uh, before we get to the uh, the brief news and topics of the day, let's go around the table, and we'll we'll start with you, Mister Mark. Um, I know you are not feeling well, so please use as many 
minimalistic words as possible. Uh, what have you been playing lately? Well, um, prior to uh, physical changes, I was playing Stormblood, which is the newest expansion from Final Fantasy XIV, which was generally quite good. There were hiccups, as there are wants to be, in the launch of any expanded content for an MMORPG. But by and large, the majority of the issues that came up were resolved reasonably quickly. And for the most part, I feel like from what I have played of Stormblood, it's it's a pretty solid expansion to Final Fantasy XIV. I will probably have more to say about it the next time that we get together, as I only really got to play it for a couple of days before going under the knife. So, at this point, I would say it's good, and I would recommend it. I've also spent a couple of days with uh, Fate Grand Order, which is a mobile phone game based in the Fate universe, which, um, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's basically a game where it's like instanced battles where you just you, you click on a location and it like brings you in and you have X amount of servants which are if you understand the fate universe you understand that servants are historical like characters based on historical entities that are summoned to do battle in your place Well, you, you summon X amount of servants to do battle against other servants um, it, it's more involved than the standard fate narrative but at the end of the day, it's ultimately just I have my favorite characters and I'm using them to beat up against other entities from the Fate universe. It's, you know, two years behind what the actual current product is in Japan. But for the most part, it's fine and I, I have no problems with it. Have you played any of the other games in the uh, Fate series? Uh, several of them. The original Fate Stay Night, I played the English translated PC version of that. <clears throat> I played two, I want to say, of the fighting games based around the Fate universe. As well as Fate Unlimited Codes and the like the first game in that series as well as the most recent game in that series and a couple of others that I can't remember off the top of my head. I, I've played like seven or eight Fate games though. Yeah, so it's a, it's a pretty big series with a lot of games already. Um, yes, Though there are also, like, sister games where they have, like, stuff associated with um, other games that are made by the, the company Type Moon, um, including games in the Tsukihime series. Uh, Melty Blood is, is technically a part of really Tsukihime. I thought... And is uh... kind of, sort of, I think, related to... Like, it's not directly related to, but I believe there are characters who cross over into Melty Blood. Hmm. I thought the uh, Melty Blood franchise was, itself was based off of uh, Tsukihime. Uh, uh, yeah, like a hentai game or something like that from long ago. But can I can I tell you a secret? Yeah, <laughs> Fate's also a hentai game. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. That's the thing that that's the thing that Japan does that uh, the U.S. does not do. If a hentai game gets over particularly well with the marketplace they will legitimize it by releasing a non-hentai version of that game to the console market or, and or to the PC market um, as a way of basically saying, yeah, you, you remember that porn game version of this that you played? Yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> so, why, but then why, why wouldn't you just make the normal version of that game the first time? Um, because tits. Probably, well, 
generally speaking, your budget probably only allows for certain amounts of, like, whatever. So you're trying to get your game over in whatever way that you can. Uh, the Grisaya series is, a, is an example of this. It's developed by a company known as Frontwing, where they have a dedicated and loyal audience who will generally buy everything that they make because it has tits and fucking in it. <laughs> I like tits but if a fucking. game... If, if a game shows right. that it has the ability to break out from that mold, they will release it without the tits and fucking and let it get over on its own merit. So you the need... thing is is that you're not you're not gonna get over one of these kinds of games necessarily on its own merits because like a gajillion of them come out every single day. Having flashbacks of Nico Paramark? No. No, that's, no it's just that's... Girls, like that that's never going to be a franchise that legitimizes itself. That's Just because there's fucking in it and they've released versions without the fucking in it, it's still a game where you live with cat girls. It's always going to be illegitimate. Fucking in it. That's <laughs> <laughs> just such a strange process to go through that, like, you can't make the normal game yet. You have to prove that you can make the normal game by doing this first. And if people like that, well, oh, that's oh, weird. Oh, allow, but... allow me to be clear. It's not that they're doing this because they're not that you're doing this to prove it. It's that. The people who are developing these things make money by making pornographic games. Like, they... It's its not a question of, like, they would release legitimate games if they could. It's... They like making porn games. So they make porn games. Hmm. Uh, if it's what makes them happy, I guess. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's just that occasionally these games get over to a level where they can make them into a non-porn version. That actually kind of sounds like it could be... This whole idea that we're talking about right here could be an idea about, like, okay, can a franchise survive after its porn version has been made? We could talk about that on another show. That actually sounds like it could be kind of a fun thing to do. So uh, let's, let's continue going on around the table. So what's uh, Keith, what's up, buddy? Uh, I'm just enjoying life, honestly. Um, as far as games are concerned, I'm still just balls deep in The Legend of Zelda. I'm just uh, going around the Faran region right now, just uh, going to the different shrines and messing around there. Can't wait for the DLC to come out, to which um, if anybody that is watching this is a Legend of Zelda fan, um, they actually have some pre-order bonus stuff before the actual DLC comes out if you pre-order the expansion, where you can actually get a Nintendo Switch shirt right in the actual game, which is pretty interesting. Um, other than that, uh, been playing some Street Fighter on the... I've been really been playing my Switch a lot. I'm really, really digging my Switch. Uh, it's a lot of good stuff going on at the second. Um, I really am excited for Crash, which comes out in a couple of days, so uh, that should be interesting. Other than that, nothing really. Just, again, enjoying the life, man. Right. So, Keith, can I ask you a couple questions real quick, if you don't Absolutely. mind? Absolutely. So, ha have you beaten Zelda yet? I am not, like, unfortunately, because I'm a Wow, you are really taking your time with that game. <laughs> I yeah. am. I've enjoyed the shit out of it, because I'm a completionist. i got to play this game start to finish. Like Mark probably put it very, very bluntly, is that there's more to get lost in, and I kind of like that a little bit more. So, like, I'm trying to find Korok <sighs> seeds while I'm going through this. I'm just in, I'm enjoying the game for face value on everything. <laughs> I think I've probably logged in, like, a hundred hours on it so far. Uh, so you're and, you're going after every Korok seed then? Oh, absolutely! All nine hundred of them. Wow! I respect that. Um, hey, do, do, thank you for uh, following us, Excalibur. Excalibur. Yeah, well, <laughs> welcome, but um, 
So do do you have like any idea of how far you might have to go as far as the main story is concerned? Um, I only have two more divine beasts to actually defeat, okay. and then um, I still have to actually find my master sword. So yeah. Okay, uh, and then last question: What like? I'm I'm just curious as to you, shoots because I don't have a switch yet. Like, how do you view it? Like, have you spent more time with a doctor out of the dock and using it as a handheld? Like, what what is the switch mainly to you? Mainly to me, it's docked for it. If anything, I like the portability of it. For example, I actually brought it with me to work one day, and I was like, let's all settle all of our arguments with Street Fighter. So I was able to actually take it, not necessarily have to bring the dock with it, as I can just literally take out the controllers off the side, and then let's go play a quick game. I uh, played some Mario Kart on, on it as well without the dock, but primarily for me, I dock it. So it's it's more of a console to you? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And just with Street Fighter, how, how did that work? Uh, just taking it out and using the two Joy-Cons? I'm assuming very, you very used the two Joy-Cons. How, how to put this without making it sound very, very dirty. Um, is the, It's very, very small in your hands. Um, and that's exactly what she said. Anyway. He burnt himself, uh, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, uh, they're they're very uh, it's very very hard to control with those little small ones. But you actually get used to it, and if you're actually any somewhat decent at Street Fighter, you can pick it up pretty fast. But if you have very decently sized hands like I do, it's a little uh, it's a little cramped, I will say. Mm-hmm. Just a d- last question, I promise. Just how, no how's more. using how's Kidding. using it with with uh, the analog stick instead of a D pad? Honestly, it works fine with Mario Kart. Well, for Street Fighter, I mean, mm. no. Eh. no. That's why I bought the, uh, the 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 pad. Well, if anything, I have the Pro Controller, so if I do play Street Fighter at home, I'm using that. But on the Joy Cons, it's all right, but not exactly preferred. Definitely okay. not preferred. No. So, thank any, you, Keith. Anything thank else, you. Keith? Yeah. Um, no, that's about it, and I downloaded the uh, demo for uh, Marvel, but I have not gotten around to it yet, and I know that Emily would probably like beat me to death for saying that, but I have not played it yet. Oh, well then, lucky you, she is not here today. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right. I still, like, I tried that out a little bit more after we were done talking, and my opinions mostly remain the same on that as they were the last time. Still weird with Double Down instead of a Dragon Punch, but I'm imagining that I'm imagining this is going to be an evolving process, and that is almost certainly not going to stick. Yeah, I don't feel I don't feel good about this game at all. I <laughs> I really don't. But all right, my so, thing is I have to feel good about it because if they if they fuck up Marvel versus Capcom, like nothing is safe. And if nothing is safe, then like Monster Hunter is basically just fucked as a franchise. So it's like you know what. I'm I'm willing to wait until that game actually comes out before I say, ew, or yay, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to everybody else that's just like, yay, and then some it's are like, just, eh. Game got announced, and that was all about it, and then just every bit of news that leaked since, it was just a very steady decline. Well, it's like, this is my thing. I get not being happy about games in general, and like, you know, I don't I don't want to like take up like 10 minutes in the beginning of the show for this, but just a simple point that I think is worth making. It's okay. fine to feel bad about the way a particular game is going, but I'm, I'm like watching people who were 
frothing at the mouth for years, for years, waiting for Beyond Good and Evil 2 to come out, who are now seeing, like, initial details on the game, who are super not thrilled with what they're seeing out of it, and, like... There's barely anything there yet. Yeah, and it's, it's like, this is my thing. Like, this is the thing... And I'm as guilty of this as anybody, but I just I just want to remind everybody: games change during development. Oh, oh yeah, I think what, like just Beyond Good and Evil it's, two itself has probably changed uh, concept at least five times between its like five announcements and then its ultimate reveal this uh, past E3. Well, I think part of it too was they were waiting for technology to catch up to what they wanted to do, and yeah. and I apologize for interrupting, Mark. Still might have. That's that's at least what I've been hearing from that. That excuse has been used so for like ever by like the Duke Nukem team and Silicon Knights. <laughs> that's, I, that's actually about right. <laughs> I guess, but eh. it's a thing that's real now. So officially mm-hmm. real now mm-hmm. after a bunch of false starts. So we we, we cool should really see about it. I mean, I would like to see how they go about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked the first game, but I'm not... I would like ex- to touch on the E3 stuff maybe a little bit more as we get Absolutely. to the E3 leftovers, but so let's just keep things yeah, going. Sure. Nick, what have you been playing good, sir? Uh, so I beat Persona 5, and I'm on, the, on to the New Game Plus now. Uh, way different game on the New Game Plus, just with the way that game's... Str- with the way that game's structured, there are certain things where... You do it now, and you had no clue what was happening. I don't know, Mark. We, Mark, I gotta ask you a question. Um, I'm sure you would know about it, but the the whole thing with the prosecutor would you consider that a spoiler? Okay, let's just get this out of the way. Spoiler alert, just in case. No, just just, just, (laughs) what do you mean the whole thing? I'm sorry, just you know the questioning. You know, oh the fact the fact that um at most of the game is set within a framing device of her asking you questions at various points? Yeah. No, that's that's been in every preview at this point. Like, you're yeah. you're being questioned by um, Psy like, pretty much for the majority of the game. It's, it's a known entity at this point. If somebody is spoiled about that, listen, <laughs> if somebody is spoiled about that, you should have bought that fucking game the day it came out. That's literally the first thing that you see when you boot the game up. If that's right. a problem for you, I'm sorry, but I don't care. Since well, yeah. Mark's giving you two fingers, and I'm going to add to it. Yeah, it's like it's it's. I I I feel that it's completely reasonable to want to avoid spoilers. Sometimes even years after a game comes out, if 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 something that is revealed in the first three minutes of the game is too much of a spoiler for you, you should have paid money for the game. Sorry. <laughs> You should have been right. money for the game. I don't think anybody <laughs> has any right to bitch about anything. That, if you have, like, let's say, an epic RPG, I don't think anything major happens within, let's say, the first ten hours of the game. So I think anything that goes on in the first ten hours of the game should be fair game in terms of uh, being spoil, uh, allowed as a spoiler. Like, let's say, after that, like, the later ends of the game, I think there should be, a, like, a set period before you can do that. All right. Just just, just uh, wanted to make sure it, it, it was okay, but... Um... Looks like it is. So yeah, you're being interrogated by by a prosecutor. So you, I mean, you said her name at this point, but uh, yeah. So you're going through the game the first time. She's asking you questions that you have to answer that you have no idea how that scenario played out. Now it's a lot different because you get the questions again, and you're like, yeah, I know what happens here. So I guess you can answer them honestly if you choose to. But 
not cooperating she, with the police. She rarely answers. She rarely asks you questions where that matters. Honestly, I know, but you get those one and two, those one or two, where it's just like I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I'm wondering this myself. And you just yeah, well, to be fair, that's also explained as part of the framing device. The point is, is that you have forgotten all of this. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, Persona 5's a, a really good video game, and I, I like it a lot. I've uh, been playing a lot of the show now, especially since I got that first run done and over with, because I've been playing nothing but that. Uh, MLB the show. Um, that's always a good game every year, so unless, I mean, unless you play online, I can imagine you're not having a good time, but <laughs> I rarely play games online anymore, so it's not the biggest deal. Uh, and the Final Fantasy XV DLC, Prompto's episode comes out tomorrow. I played Gladio's episode. It was okay. It, nothing special. It, it kind of turned 15 into even more of an action game than it kind of structured itself to be with the combat. I mean, this is just all mostly all heavy attacks with Gladio, which I guess was fair to expect. But uh, it was, I'd say it was a pretty solid two-hour romp. I mean, nothing, nothing earth-shattering. But uh, yeah, did not play the redone Chapter 13 yet or anything. I'm not even sure if I ever plan to. But, if you uh, beat the, I got a question since I have beaten the game. Are you able to let's say go back and experience like the chapters, or do you have to play like a brand new game to experience all these uh, there, chapters? There are post game elements. I mean, I'm sure you saw those doors that you can't that you weren't able to open. Oh yeah, the uh, uh, in the dungeons, right? You cannot open those until you beat the game. The pro- my problem is I have no desire to do them now because of the way that game ends to me that just wouldn't make any sense to do uh so far like the way to get to that redone chapter 13 is an option in the start screen so i don't know if there's any way to go back to a specific chapter unless you save cycled and kept it on file if you're talking about the doors in the dungeon that actually leads to and, and this is for every dungeon those extra doors those lead to harder dungeons with a stronger okay. boss, so that's pretty much what they are. Just that's to uh, clear that up, yeah. I'm, I might do them at some point, but right now, like that, with that ending still fresh in my mind and knowing how the story kind of plays out, it's like yeah. I might, uh, I might go back and do this sense. stuff. I do the the update for the game is live now that uh, adds the monster truck regalia. <laughs> where you go I forgot about it. they were gonna and do I've, that. I've seen I've seen footage of how it works, yeah. and it's hilarious because. The whole party is in the car, and you're just driving off road with it, and they are just going nuts. They like they're flying around in the car, going, "This is awesome!" <laughs> and at one point, Gladio just stands up <laughs> while while the car. Can you run enemies it. over in it? Because that would be hilarious. If anything, you're oh my me god, really that'd be awesome. Play Final Fantasy 15 because I've yet to play it. Honestly, it just never. It, 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 it okay. never. Here's what I'm going to give tell you about Final Fantasy 15. Please, it's a uh, great. It's a great but flawed game. There are definitely some issues. Uh, at times, the camera angle is is going to not be your friend, but you got to stick with it because, in my opinion, the story um, it starts off a little weak, but it gets stronger as the game goes by. Uh, definitely now, stronger when uh, you get to the point of no return area. Now, here's the thing: is that I've actually talked to different uh, colleagues of mine on this one in particular. They say that with Final Fantasy 15, if you don't watch like the anime, like if you start playing this game, you're kind of like, "What the fuck is going yeah, on?" Yeah, you have to. to the there's they, everybody recommends that you watch the movie Kingsglaive. The Kingsglaive movie pretty much explains some things that go on in the game. I haven't seen it, but I was able to kind of get an idea of what was going on. 
Uh, but there are definitely some things I have questions for, so I'm going to eventually get a hold of Kingsglaive and watch it. So, well, that, here's the deal with Kingsglaive. You remember when they show, first showed gameplay of 15 as 15 and not versus at E3? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it was the city getting attacked and you have to escape with Noctis and the rest of the party? Yes, I remember that. Mm-hmm. So, that doesn't make it into the game, and, and Kingsglaive is basically that part, minus Noctis and Prompto and Gladio and Ignis. They are not... They, it got redone, so they are not in the city when the city falls. It, it's... This... I like Final Fantasy XV. It, it is very flawed, and you can see the time constraints that were placed on this game. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why Kingsglaive exists as a movie, at least... If Square Enix hasn't said that themselves, I'm sure that was part of the reasoning behind why that exists as a movie and why certain things aren't in the game that you originally saw. But um, uh, One more thing. The photo op, take advantage of that because that actually plays a big part into the game. Oh, the fo- and th- they are some of the, the pictures Prompto takes are just like... They're downright that, gorgeous, some of them. That that whole mechanic is awesome because it's just an archive of the journey, and it yeah, makes it, 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 it really it, helps make that much more memorable. And just looking through the photos, he slowly gets better at photography over time. It's oh it's, yeah, it's, sorry. I was it's, about uh, to say apparently, spoiler alert. Don't worry, I've done that once before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there there are flaws, but the game this thing. The and things this game nails, it knocks out of the park. And, and it just some makes people even it. complain about the ending. I love the ending. It was, to me, a, brush, a breath of fresh air for the Final Fantasy franchise. But yeah, Final Fantasy XV is a mess, but it's a great mess. But uh, <laughs> It's an yeah, amazing mess. <laughs> as, again, as, as, that's what I keep on hearing, is that's the majority of it. It's like, it's a mess, but you'll enjoy it. But I was initially, when I played the demo, I was just so turned off to it. I'm like, this isn't a Final Fantasy game, it feels like to me. But I apparently I'm being proven wrong, so I definitely I think, have to pick that up. Nick, now. when you, we you have a chance, you and I should do like a side pro, uh, a side po- uh, podcast of the game. Uh, spoiler after. cast for 15? Yeah. Yeah, like I'm a, down. A spoiler. Uh, as for, Keith, you mentioned the anime. The anime you don't need to watch. Like, that's probably the least necessary component of the entire Final Fantasy 15 universe they're calling it now. I do highly recommend watching it though. They are quick 15-minute episodes um, and they're actually really solid. The an- the anime is really solid, I thought. Uh, it's nothing major happens. It just kind of gives you a stronger sense of who the main party is and what they're like. It's 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 just all character building stuff, but it's it's, okay. it's pretty good. Okay. Well, that's what I kind of like, but anyway, I don't want to get off topic onward hubs. Okay, so um, yeah, <laughs> it was Final Fantasy Fifteen. I'm guilty of that too. I, I mean, I, I feel, love it. I feel like I've, I've spent a lot of time talking about other stuff in real. Uh, that's okay. Mark uh, Mark went off on something he loved as well. So we we, we it happens. <laughs> Games are cool, but yes, uh, but, it, but but unlike Final Fantasy Fifteen, my thing was good. I, I, I oh. don't know. I beg to differ. But then again, <laughs> you haven't played Fifteen. I've, I haven't played uh, Persona, so. Or Mark, Final Fantasy XIV. Cool. I've been pretty cool with you up to this point. I really don't want to fight you right now. Okay. So, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. I'm sorry. Moving oh, yeah, no, moving on. Or I'm going right, to mute, right, mute you good. guys. We're good. Yeah. We're good. Back on track. Okay. Goodbye. So, um, we, we took a little bit longer on that intro than normal. So, uh, we're going to actually skip the E3 talk, which was going to be just E3 leftovers that we didn't talk about at the end of last show. But it has been two weeks since then. And I'm sure most people know 
or have formed their own opinions about that stuff. So let's talk about something that just got announced today. The Super Nintendo Classic. Woo, right? I can't wait to not be able to get it. I know. It, believe it or not, it might actually be a little bit easier to get a hold of, mainly because it's 80 fucking dollars. It's that's, a $20 more, and that might actually hold some people off. And don't ask me why, but the psychology of this thing is, is like whenever something comes out and, oh, it's more expensive than the last thing, they, they, it's, like, it's like when you buy something on Amazon and you're willing to buy a $100 like product, but then when you get to the shipping, you're like, mm, $5? I don't know. It's... Yeah. Yeah, it's but fine. here's also the other thing is that what's making it really enticing is the fact that it does come with Star Fox 2 in it. it yes, that is probably the it. biggest thing right there. But you have to beat Especially the first level of Star Fox 1, though, to unlock it. No, you have to beat the first level. Just the first level. The first level of Star Fox 1, that's what I just said. <laughs> oh, I thought you said the whole game. I'm sorry. No. To which I'm like, we, don't, we don't want people to throw their system large, against the wall. I don't feel like this is going to do as well as the NES Classic did. I do feel like it's going to be harder to get. Yeah. Just in general, because, you know, it's a Nintendo product, and they make like 12 of those things, regardless. Mm. But yeah. I feel like it's going to be easier to get than the NES Classic was, because, like, a lot of the major hype around the SNES Classic is that it has stuff that appeals to people like us. And the NES Classic didn't necessarily like, appeal to people like us, but it appealed to the kind of people who bought the Wii on an impulse. Mm -hmm. It was a nostalgia thing, is really what they were trying to like harp on, really. To be truthful, yeah, the honest. SNES is not as much of a nostalgia thing as the NES is for a lot of people. Exactly. It's felt like that more was, of a step in the right direction. Is way stronger, though. It, it's it's totally less fun, for us. For us, for casual players, no. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know what? I guess I argue. That's mm -hmm. a pretty sound argument. And the thing is, it's also got a smaller number of games. We had 30 on the NES Classic. We only got 21 here. So, yeah, but like Nick says, for us, all these games are good. I mean, they are good. I mean, the titles. big game right there again, as we all mentioned, is Star Fox 2. However, I mean, a smaller list, $20 more. People might be apprehensible to get it. I mean, on top of that, I mean, look at the some of the games they probably passed over and get to get this. I mean, we've got. Two Square Enix game or SquareSoft games. We got you know Final Fantasy three, and we got Secret of uh, Mana on there. But we you do have Mario RPG and Mario RPG. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Um, but you uh, you don't get Chrono Trigger, uh, which is what I think a lot of people were really hoping that would be on there. Although that game's been re-released like five times already. Uh, I have at least like three copies of Chrono Trigger, so I'm okay. <laughs> I yeah, got the PlayStation okay copy. Too. So, but um, here's the thing is. I think what Nintendo's doing is more of a creating a buzz instead of so much just creating a nostalgia trip uh, with uh, with making money behind it. Like they made they made and sold what 2.3 million copies of the NES Classic. They're probably they say they're going to have a higher production rate of the uh, SNES Classic. So we're going to probably call that about let's say maybe up to four million. Um, but what the, and but look at how far apart they are. We had. The, uh, the NES Classic was announced last July, about the same time, but it came out in November. We're now getting this thing literally two months from now. What, ha what, happened, be what, ha what happened between the, uh, the release of both of these two systems? We had the Nintendo Switch. We had the 2DS. Nintendo has generally been doing nothing but creating noise for the past, like, year. And that is what Nintendo is trying to do. Um, they're creating uh, 
uh, uh, making sure that their name, their brand is stuck in your head, whether it's good press, bad press, good press. Hey, we're releasing the NES Classic. Nostalgia trips for everybody. Bad press. Oh, no, the scalpers are uh, buying up all the supplies because there's short stock. There you go. I mean, Nintendo is doing a great job, and on top of that, you have Nintendo stuck in your head, and what's the most readily available device right now for everybody, and it's selling like hotcakes? The Switch. So Nintendo, uh, I think Nintendo... available, I'm not so sure about that one. Well, well if you're talking about accessories, I mean, I, I go into a GameStop or a Walmart, there are Switches available. Not so much the controllers, not so <laughs> much anything else, but the Switches are available. I... I haven't been able to walk in and just I was about get to say, one at the I've store. Seen a lot of people that can't I, get one at the minute. I was a the, the only one. Well, I've they're selling like I said. They're, they're selling like hotcakes that aren't guaranteed to ship until next month. I mean, That's I mean, it. it's I, whatever. I mean, I'm definitely able to walk into stores in my area, and I'm able to if I wanted to buy one. For and this is this has been for at least the last three weeks. I mean, I think they reached the store. I'm about to go there and get a switch. Uh, there's yeah, the really? Walmart right here in Collingdale. All right, going to get a switch then. Okay, go right ahead. I already have mine. All right, bye. <laughs> okay, see ya. So, so I mean, what what, what is your thoughts? Do you guys think I'm being crazy? Do you think uh, this is plausible that Nintendo's just really just making noise to keep their keep them in your focus or keep you in their or keep them in your focus? Wow, I fucked that up. Uh, no, well, I think uh, they're trying a different strategy to keep money because a lot of their systems have failed, honestly. And um, even though I personally love Nintendo, I'm a huge Nintendo fanboy, but here are the facts, is that the fucking Wii U didn't sell. So they wasted a lot of freaking money on that. But now they're kind of switching their strategies a little bit more so that they're releasing games that are actually pretty decently good or they're making HD versions of them, whatever have you for it. And now they're trying to actually cash in on pre on past properties on it because they know that they will sell. All right. Um, how about your thoughts, Mark? I mean, I agree, but it's it's by the same token we're also talking about the company that gave us, you know, the Nintendo sixty four, the GameCube, and the Wii U. This is in the short term a great business idea in the long term i don't see it doing any better for them than anything else that they've come up with in the past two decades you know it's it's definitely going to keep people talking about nintendo as a a company it's it's definitely going to keep their name out there but like you know come to me at the end of the year and show me the positive overall effect that it has on but, and, and the Virtual Boy, and the Virtual Boy. Is, is <laughs> I, I kind of like to forget Boy. about that, to be honest, but that's just... But like, they make you know, a show Virtual me... Boy classic, I, I would respect that. I would really respect that. I would respect <laughs> that. that. That definitely the would take The awareness some... to go into that, like... That, hmm. would, that would take some big red balls right there. No, make, Although it, with, make with, one with actual color. You could actually just release those games at this point on, like, you know, the Gear VR or something equivalent. Like, I would not be surprised if we start seeing stuff like that released on for Gear VR or for Oculus or for other such things. But hmm. like, my thing is, is that, yes, they are almost certainly doing everything in their power to keep their name relevant, to keep their name on the lips of the consumer. Show me the net positive effect that that has at the end of this year. If they can get the Switch to a 10 million installed user base by the end of this year and like they're they're doing 
extremely well in terms of raw business, in terms of sales, everything of that nature, okay, that's that's great. If they are still occupying the same general space that they were occupying before the Switch came out, well, that's great, but I don't... Like, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect anything, you know? But does something like this really need to push Nintendo forward? It, I mean, is, it really is there does, something actually. wrong with it being a quick moneymaker? I would argue that it doesn't... That there's nothing wrong with it being a quick moneymaker. But the problem is, is that it kind of feels like the flailings of a company who has largely been reliant on console business and is starting to realize fuck, we don't have an alternative. <laughs> like, look at look at the, the big three companies right now in the console marketplace. Nintendo, Sega, uh, Sega Sony, Microsoft. <laughs> what year is Microsoft. this? Yeah, Sega already fucking got out of the business years ago, but Microsoft and Sony have their metaphorical fingers in so many different pies that it doesn't matter to them if the console division shits the bed <laughs> because they have... CD players, DVD players, consumer media. You know, Sony owns the basic patent on fucking Blu-ray. Microsoft has the PC marketplace operating system-wise by the balls at this point. They don't care if the PlayStation and or the Xbox are supremely successful. It's nice, it's great, but they can throw money down that well and not have it be successful. And you can look at the fact that Microsoft has won one of the three console generations that they've been involved in, and they're still willing to throw money at another version of the damn console. Uh, yeah. Nintendo is not in that position. They used to be when the 3DS, or excuse me, when the DS and all of the prior handheld systems were doing insanely huge numbers. The 3DS gets is around a 70 million installed user base or thereabouts, and if it's not a Nintendo game, it's not doing the kind of money that it used to do. We don't see a shitload of hype for 3DS games to the extent that we used to even as little as like three, four, five years ago. Mm -hmm. Nintendo is in this awkward position where handheld gaming is mostly a completely different animal from what it was 10 years ago because of tablet gaming and cell phone gaming and such. And console gaming has passed them by. The NES Classic and the SNES Classic are basically their versions of, you know, the Intellivision Presents or the, 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 the Namco Arcade. And it's, you know, it's funny, but that's what they're doing is instead of releasing these on a disc that you can play on their console, they're releasing this little novelty con, this little novelty fucking device that probably costs about $10 to make and has a flash drive inside of it that, that mm-hmm. emulates the ability to play these games that are otherwise not financially viable for them. It's a way to get a quick cash infusion. But the thing is, like, what does it say about them that they're doing this now while the Switch is you know, still in the process of trying to build its audience and we're having these conversations about the 3DS going on its way out. It's Nintendo is doing everything in their power to get people talking about them constantly because it's the only thing they can do to stay relevant. If Sony and Microsoft stop being relevant in the gaming sector, they give zero shits. Hmm. For Nintendo, this is all they have. Yep. Yeah. 
that and the Marlins. Unless but, they want to uh, go back to making co- well. no, they sold the Marlins years ago. Unless they want to go back to making Mariners. you know cards, Mariners. but I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah, Mariners, Seattle Mariners. They used to own them, but uh, they sold them off what back in uh, what two thousand eight? I want to say. What? Uh, I don't yeah. remember off the top of my head, but but yeah. So as we all see, the uh, thanks, thanks, Mark. Um, this is like a weird thing that Nintendo was doing. Um, whether it's you know keeping their 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 name on our lips, like uh, me and him have said, or just the fact that they just probably don't know where they're going with this, and they just want to make a little bit of money. Who knows? Um, how about some final thoughts from you, Keith? Or uh, we'll start with you. Well, pretty much, I'm on kind of like the fence on everything. Is that you guys make a very, very good argument as far as that? Yeah, they really want to become socially relevant. I think that their base is kind of already there, but also like Mark was kind of hitting the nail on the head. Is that they're not really moving forward, but they're also really not moving back. And right now, this is kind of a quick way to make money. And this is just, I think, how they're going about things. Is that they're just trying to make a quick buck, so that way they can kind of stay afloat at this point i think that while i love nintendo i think that they're kind of failing a little bit horribly and different things have to be put into place now they're entering the cell phone market because like you said the 3ds seems like it's out of the way of the pretty much it's going the way of the dodo yeah and it's the fact that they're getting into the into the cell phone market that they're publishing on consoles and platforms that aren't theirs i think kind of says a lot too like you know pokemon go fire emblem fates mario run whatever the fuck they they've got these things on mobile phones these these are not decisions of people who own and are confident in their platform to the exclusion of all else they see the value in putting their things onto the mobile platform and they do so because there's money to be made there but all of this shit has a short shelf life you know the if they had made enough of the nes classics to meet demand it like that would have fallen out of the news in weeks Mm -hmm. so instead they make enough to get a bunch of people access to it and then oh well the rest of you are beat you know whatever so it keeps the conversation going look at pokemon go that game is actually getting closer and closer to being the thing we wanted it to be at launch. Outside of Emily, do you know anybody that routinely plays that damn thing or talks about it? I don't. A couple of people, honestly, but very, very few and far in between, like you said. Right, they're 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 incorporating actual fucking raids into the game at this point. Like yep. multiple people going up against like a giant Pokemon. Mm-hmm. They're making it into the game we wanted it to be when it came out, and nobody cares. Because people have finally moved on to some degree, right? And it's it's that's the thing is it, Nintendo is going to keep throwing shit at that wall to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Even if it's only for a couple of weeks, that's enough. All right. So just to get your final thoughts, and we'll move on to the next topic. Uh, how about you, Nick? Uh, well, I think Nintendo will be fine. Uh, I don't think they're failing or anything like that. I mean, at least. Switch is doing pretty well last time I checked, so I don't know if... I'm, I'm not sure if you guys are trying to make the situation sound dire or anything like that. Uh, I don't, it, it, no, I'm no, not no, saying no. it's making it sound dire. I'm just saying that the way Nintendo's thinking is in regards to how they're handling their short-term goals in regards to the NES Classic and the SNES Classic, as opposed yeah, to what they were trying I mean, to do in the past and what they're trying to do now with their other strategies. I have a hard time seeing this as anything. Is you know They saw the NES Classic was successful. It didn't it doesn't take very long to get something like the SNES classic produced and out to the market so they probably 
saw how high in demand this was. It's like, oh, well, we we can do this too. I mean, now it yeah, kind of sucks here's... that you can't get the NES Classic anymore. I feel like that whole thing was a big miss on their part. But Yeah, but like you were also saying before, Nick, is that they're not... Why is it that they're putting their eggs into this different basket when you're supposed to kind of be getting more asses into the seat proverbially with the Switch and they haven't even met the so, demand yet? So you want them to be focusing on the switch i want that i want them to well if anything i'm gonna buy the snes classic so it's like shut up and take my money really yeah but i want them to be more focused on where they're going to be moving forward because like mark was saying is that sony and microsoft kind of really don't give a shit as far as these things are concerned this is nintendo's only bread and butter as far as this is concerned so them making money off of these classics is really really good but that's also saying like well why is it you're not focusing on this new hardware that you were supposed to be giving so to say and make more games for that because right now they're doing very very good with games very very good with games mind you I I think they are I think they're focusing on the Switch because I I can't imagine something like like this takes that many resources either so I I think it's fine my concern if I have any real concerns with this, it lies with what is going on with the Virtual Console on the Switch. Because you're getting this, but there, it doesn't even seem like you're remotely close to getting anything on the Switch yet, as far as the Virtual Console goes. And I am very curious about Star Fox 2 and what's going to happen to that. Because as of right now, this is the only to-be-officially-released version of that game. Are you ever going to see it outside of this device that could be extremely rare to get in a very short amount of time. Very true. Because, you know, true. I made that joke. I made that joke about not being able to get it, but there is a serious concern of not being able to get it because it's, this, I can imagine just a bunch of scalpers just going nuts over this, especially over the fact that something like Star Fox 2 exists on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo did say. They I guarantee are you, some of the scalpers don't even know what that game is. So. I was about to say they don't really give a shit about Star There's Fox a chance. Too. But yeah. Nintendo did say they are producing more. <laughs> they weren't very Nintendo specific says about lots what of things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get too optimistic <laughs> until I know specifically what more <laughs> is. But uh, yeah, mostly just lies with where to switch Virtual Console is and what what happens of Star Fox Two. I'm very interested to see like the final product of Star Fox 2 because right now there is well, the ROM you can technically, yeah, you can play you the can ROM download, but that is the final beta build I believe, correct? I think it was actually the finished product they just didn't put into production because the 64 was coming in around the same time so they wanted to focus us on the Nintendo 64 it's kind of like okay. the same tactic because Nintendo was the ones who were publishing Final Fantasy in the in the US at the time and they were getting ready to you know publish Final Fantasy 2 but the Super Nintendo's coming out, so they axed that. But we have a, we actually have a fully finished prototype of the game, which is why people were able to get ROMs out of that and all that. Yeah. So, there you but, go. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah uh, thank you, Nick, very much for that. So, we are now going to move on to our next topic of discussion, and Mark slipped it out because uh, he said Sega. So, we're going to be talking about, you know, Sega trying to stay relevant in some way or another with uh, Sega Channel 2.0. I mean, um, Sega Forever. I'm sorry. Uh, so here's no, the just no, no, I'm not. I I no, don't I don't apologize for bad jokes. I I live with them. Um, so the Sega to, uh, Channel, I mean Sega. Now now that was a legitimate fuck up right there. Uh, Sega Forever is 
an app that allows you to download either free versions with ads or ad-free versions that you buy for a price. Uh, games that come from Sega's incredibly vast library. Pretty much allowing you to download them and play them on iPhones, iPads, uh, iOS devices, or Android devices. And uh, they do have support for, like, let's say, Bluetooth uh, controllers if you uh, want to do it that way instead of using touchpad controllers. Now, this kind of brings up a couple of things. One, is this what Sega was talking about about a month or two ago when they were doing this poll about, hey, what favorite franchises would you like us to bring back? Or do they have something else in mind in that regards and they're just not letting us in on it? Or is this kind of like a cock tease that they're giving us right now? Is this some kind of a big long-term thing that they're planning to do? Like, are we going to see any form of this for consoles at all? Um, yes, yeah, supposedly it's going to be on the Switch. Oh, wow. Okay, that's interesting. So the, the, the Switch's virtual console is kind of open-ended, apparently. So, like, the, like we're getting a ton of Neo Geo games with no online support with that's, them whatsoever. That's going to be really confusing if you have Sega Forever running in line with the Switch. Yeah, I mean, like, how is... Reggie Philomay mentioned in an interview with ProJer that, yeah, they're still working on how they're going to apply the virtual console on the Nintendo Switch... And that they do get demands and requests for it. So if you're going to allow something like Sega Forever to come on to your platform, how is that going to work in that regard? So is it just going to be straight up Nintendo uh, games that are going to be in the Virtual Console now? Because if you look at the, the Virtual Console back on the Wii and the Wii U, they were getting all kinds of games. They were getting TurboGrafx games. They were getting Neo Geo games. They were getting Genesis and Mega Drive games uh, and uh, Master System games. Um what does this do for <laughs> for Nintendo in the long run? What does this do for, what say, future compilations? Are we going to ever see a Sonic uh, uh, a Mega Pack again in the future for something like this? I mean, we had what was that? That, that last one that came out on the 316 PS3 had like over 40 games on there, and all the Fantasy Stars, all the Sonic games, all the all, a lot of a lot of games, including some Game Gear games, I believe, that were hidden in there. Um, let's uh, let's open up with uh, you, uh, Nick. What did you What do you think about this whole fiasco that Sega's digging for themselves? So, we well, I I tried to do some quick research before the show. So there are five games under the Sega Forever line right now: uh, Sonic, Altered Beast, Kid Chameleon, Fantasy Star Two, Comic Zone, and Crazy Taxi. I just gave Sonic and Crazy Taxi a quick download. They both appear to run fine. They're, they're just mobile ports. Now, um, is, is, now is the Crazy Taxi the Dreamcast version, arcade this version? Is, this is this appears to be the Dreamcast version. Now that yeah, is it's impressive. Not, it, 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 it's an independent thing. It's not part of this project. What do you What do you mean? That's not part of this project. It's an independent release that they've been doing with the Crazy Taxi. Like that came out earlier. No, that like this. It shows up when you do the search, but it's not part of the thing. If you go, so and you look it's their not part of it. It's, no. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I was confused then. about that I, too, but I apologize. But uh, as far as uh, Sonic's a part of it, so I mean, it, it's Sonic One, and they added the ability to play as Knuckles and Tails in it. I, I guess you have to unlock that. I, I only played the first Act One of Green Hill Zone, but um, yeah, I it these are free to play. These are Sega games that've been worked into a free-to-play model. You, you get ads between levels. It's nothing super intrusive. If you want to pay two dollars to get the ads removed completely, you, you pay two dollars for the game. Um, it 
it doesn't seem like anything too major, at least on the mobile space. It just looks like Sega just put out newer versions of their classics on mobile. So, yeah, I don't know what it speaks to what they're looking at down the line. Uh, I don't... Keith, are you able to verify real quick that this is coming to Switch? No, well, it says that it's imminent. Uh, it pretty much is that the talk is that they said that it might come to Switch to consoles like the Switch is what they said. Okay. On it, so that's what they're leading with. So that's what I was kind of more on the, like, okay, if they're mentioning the Switch, clearly they have something in mind for it. Like maybe it'll be an app, like an actual game you download, or maybe it'll be an app that have DLC, something along those lines. I'm guessing, but again. So they are looking into other options to expand this then yes absolutely okay hmm. so yeah part and part of this is leaderboards are added cloud saves are added uh offline play was mentioned as a feature um i guess like steam I offline kinda, play or yeah, do they mean I, like I, local co-op i i i hope it does like this i didn't shut off my internet or anything so i hope this doesn't need an online connection to work um yeah i it's weird. I, I. It's hard to kind of forecast what the long, what the long-term goal of this is because, with the way it seems right now, they're they're just mobile ports. You can't really see much to it outside of that, except that these five games you can just download to your phone. I mean, honestly, the, Sonic the Hedgehog doesn't seem any different than the mobile port that existed two or three years ago that you could download anyway. Hmm. How about you, Keith? What are your thoughts on this whole Sega Forever service? Oh, I think it's just a way of Sega trying to be uh, relevant and or to try to make uh, some money, like, again, very quickly. And mostly, I think they saw that, oh, wow, the NES Classic made a really big splash. I think you want to know, you wanna know how Sega can make easy money? Big Yakuza. Games? Yakuza. Well, that's what I said. Like, just it's fantastic. Games. Yeah. <laughs> Yakuza is popular enough now. I think you, you you can run with that. Yeah. When the game first came out, not many people were actually talking about it. Now all I hear is, "Hey, Yakuza Six, Yakuza yes. 0. <laughs> Zero. Zero is a treat. Anyone who hasn't played it should. All right. I, I never really got. Yeah. Into back the to back series. to the topic at hand. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. There's there's my Yakuza plug for tonight. <laughs> uh, I'm. I think that it's kind of, again, last-ditch effort on it. And even like Nick said, the, most of these games are already readily available to you on a mobile device generally 9 out of the 10 times anyway, either through emulation and or sometimes... I know that they released um, versions of Sonic previously to it. The fact that they're making other titles for it is kind of interesting, but are they really going to make like those B classics that... We loved, but do you think that they'll have enough steam to actually make it onto that, or think that it's viable for it, for that matter? I would like to see how like how far they go with the titles because they are supposedly their plan is to add new titles every week, and I wonder how, for lack of a better way of putting it, I wonder how weird they're willing to get with it with what they put up for download because exactly. I, I think it would be cool to see Choo Choo Rocket get get on there. I mean, I'm not a big fan of playing games on my phone, but if it's up there and it's free, why not? I would love to see Caution Seaman on it. If anything, I don't think it's obscure enough for people to really freaking download it. Can you it, imagine though. playing Seaman on your iPhone in, the, in public? 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Get and Billy. Like, oh, no, wait. You have a you Mac can't... or PC. I am on a Mac right now. <laughs> you can't do Billy Hatcher. That was a GameCube game. Uh, I don't know. I think it would still count because it is a, uh, it's still a Sega game. So maybe it might be emulated in the future. Who knows? Because, I mean, they're, 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 they're sitting there talking about their entire vast library. So does that mean yeah. PS2 games, GameCube games? Will that be it, it, possible I mean, in the future? It could be just a tool to test the world. To test the waters on certain things too. I mean, I mean, they really they listing they're listing Sonic, Dreamcast but... they're listing Dreamcast as uh, as a platform that they're going to be bringing games on, and that's 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 a system that is yet to still get uh, a, a perfect emulation. I mean, the GameCube Shen... has uh, ended up getting better emulation uh, than the than the Dreamcast has at this point. Could you imagine Shenmue One and Two on mobile for free? Hey, exactly. Like it's a good idea. Find sailors on the go phone would probably explode for how big that game would be but <laughs> so mark phones are pretty powerful anymore but okay. i was about to say phones are extremely powerful you got to remember they landed on the fucking moon with a calculator <laughs> that was the size I, of a, I, I of a lunchroom i don't think that that the calculator was you know responsible for that but anyway uh mark so let me so <laughs> Wait, uh, let me pick your brain here real quick um, what do you think about Sega's strategy with the uh, the, the Sega Forever? Do you, is, is this what they were? Uh, you think they were hinting at in terms of, re, of no. bringing back classic franchises, or were they pulling no, the wool no, over no, our absolutely eyes? Not. Absolutely not. This is this is another like this is the sort of thing that would have had to have been in planning for months previous before they even made that initial. Um, like list of like that that initial survey asking people their opinions, and let's be honest, if this were the result of that, why in the fuck would Kid Chameleon have anything to do with it? Nobody gives a fuck about Kid Chameleon. <laughs> you don't even give a fuck about Kid Chameleon, even if you think you do. And this is the thing: <laughs> all this is is another attempt at what we were talking about with Nintendo. Keeping your name in the mouths of other people, keeping yourself relevant, which is no different from the 80-in-1 Genesis thing that they're planning to release that actually has a bit of hype behind it. All they're really looking to do is keep themselves relevant with this, despite the fact that it is the same basic idea that we have been seeing for years at this point. Sega constantly releases their shit in some type of emulated wrapper, and sells it to whatever exactly. market. The fact that we're doing this as, oh, it's some kind of concentrated effort, it's going to be the same 20 fucking games that they always do this with. And they're they're going to run it for probably like three to six months and then get bored with it the same way that they do every other one of these things that they do. And then it's going to go away. The, the concept of it is neat enough, I suppose, but you're not going to get a shitload of buy-in for mobile games because the vast majority of popular mobile games don't work in the way that <laughs> school, gen select, school Genesis games worked. Like, nobody's playing the original Sonic the Hedgehog. Nobody's playing Altered Beast. Well, nobody's playing Altered Beast in general anyway. But <laughs> emulation is fine. Some people have complained of issues, and I don't want to mar marginalize that, but... From what I tested of it, for two games, the emulation is fine. The tech is the least of their concerns at this point, although a lot of people in the emulator community are taking them to task for that. Which, let's be clear, 
they also have vested interests in this thing failing, so I'm not super invested in the opinions of a bunch of people who would probably rather that this not do well, but whatever. The, mm-hmm. point, the point is, and I do have one, the only, and I want to stress this, the only thing of note to come out of this is the conversation about this being a method by which Sega could potentially deploy their games to the Switch. Like, everything else about this is the same shit that Sega has been doing for years with their platform. They pick a handful of games that are notable and release them to whatever platform they can in a way that has a press release associated with it. People talk about it for a couple of weeks with the good and the bad associated with it, and then everybody realizes, hey, Altered Beast kind of sucks, and I don't need to play Sonic the Hedgehog again, and we stop talking about it. Arise from your grave. Yeah, the fact that it's been taken out of the hands of the Nintendo uh, Virtual Console and put as a potential independent licensing thing is the only thing about that that's interesting in the strictest sense of things. And all I think that really does is it just says that Sega probably either wasn't making a hell of a lot of money off of the virtual console releases for one reason or another, or they realized that they stood a better chance of making money on their own releasing it independently and just stopped releasing through Nintendo. I don't see that dramatically changing the way that the virtual console works or anything. I just think that it shows that Sega like is giving a vote of no confidence on that particular platform. Mm-hmm. That sounds actually probably about right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm ju- I'm just thinking about games that they could put out, you know, under under this banner right now, and I don't know why I keep thinking about Virtual Fighter and them trying to sell these like mobile peripherals where you have to add like the 32x expansions, <laughs> basically make <laughs> basically make like we can imagine Sega actually doing. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> Do it. You want to play 32X games, you got to download this additional app in order to do so. There you go. Put all this stuff on your phone to play Virtual Fighter. (laughs) Just like the old days. That is bleh. Yeah. Yeah, and then you'll have that wonderful orgy of cables in the back. Oh, God. Yeah. It's like, do you want to play this on the TV? Well, you need this HDMI cable as well as this other cable. You need a SCAT cable to play with that. SCART cable, sorry. I was going to say, are you making a poop joke about Sega? Because that would be fine. I just... Why? <laughs> it has to make sense, right? And it didn't. Um, so there we go. Let's get some final thoughts about this before we move on to our final topic of the night. Uh, let's start with you, Nicholas. Sama de Amigo on mobile. You got to go out and buy maracas for it. Oh, my. That's good. <laughs> Can you just see some idiot in public just shaking the phone? Y- yes. Actually, no, yes. that's exactly what I want. <laughs> Shake the phone hard enough, it's going to go fucking flying. That would be great. I want to see all the idiots doing that. Fidget <laughs> spinners. That's all I'm going to say on that one. What did you say? Fidget spinners. That's all I'm going to say. Fuck that. Um, Keith, how about your thoughts? I'm pretty much inclined with Mark on this one is that I think that they're just trying to see where they can make money possibly doing it independently versus it releasing it exclusively on one particular console. And I think that they'll try to go from there. I think Sega is just kind of like marking its uh, days at this point and 
if you kind of look at it, Nintendo's kind of trending in that same general direction, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. But All right. Um, final question for you, Mark. Would you do, if it came out for the Switch, would you get Sega Forever? No. All right. How about you guys? I downloaded. I downloaded these damn things for the fucking for my mobile phone. I downloaded Fantasy Star Two and I yeah. downloaded Altered Beast. I tested it's, both of them and they're fine. I don't like. I don't need another version. Has there been any game that has ever been ported outside of possibly Flicky as much as Altered Beast to multiple different platforms that nobody gives a shit about? <laughs> yeah, Do we need good. another version of Altered Beast? I don't. <laughs> no. Okay. Actually, you know what? Here's okay, actually uh, a well, very here's a Capcom. You need Resident Evil Four on every system you own. Actually, you know what? Here's a very important question: If it supports cloud saving, and it might potentially come on the Switch, could your purchases of the games, if you buy them ad free, could you potentially de- re-download them onto a Switch? Is there a universal no. account that comes with this? Uh, they're yeah. not. They're not. They could do that. Sure, they could do that. All it is is data to be reconverted. But are they going to do that? No. No. It's, listen. <laughs> Listen, let me, let me just... Here's my final thought on this, okay? Sega really needs to stop re-releasing Altered Fucking Beast for every goddamn platform nobody wants it on <laughs> and start actually doing what they said they were going to do when they released that big apology for everybody where Atlas told them what they were doing wrong and they, quote-unquote, learned their lesson. Releasing... Shen, releasing the Yakuza games like more or less intact is a great first step but we got a review copy of valkyria revolution and aaron has been playing it he does not like that fucking thing at all by any measurement possible he is not happy with this and thinks that it is basically the worst thing that he has ever been subjected to wow and and he has played some bad fucking games he's played the wrestling games hasn't he the the, the yes. WWE 2K like, this series. Is, this is not this is not hard. What Sega does not need to keep doing is re-releasing fucking Altered Goddamn Beast on every platform that it's possibly available for. You really when don't you like have, Altered when, Beast. When, yeah, when I don't care game? about <laughs> Altered Beast, but like I do not care about Altered Beast. That's my problem. I don't like Flicky. I don't care about Altered Beast. But here's the thing: they have released Altered Beast on more platforms than Goddamn Resident Evil One at this point. Hmm. It's embarrassing. Because nobody cares. Nobody oh cares. Do you know what would get them actual positive press? Releasing fucking Fantasy Star Online 2 or whatever the goddamn number is at the end of it in a format that's actually playable to a market that would actually pay money for a game that is based in the general concepts of what makes hunting action games interesting. If they didn't keep leaving that shit to people having to fucking translate it with, like, third-party tools in order to get it working, and they said, hey... Let's actually release this ourselves. That might get them some fucking hype. Instead, what are they doing? Releasing an action game based in the Valkyria universe that I promise you literally nobody wanted and giving us another goddamn version of Altered Beast. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. the only thing yeah. keeping Sega alive right now. Sorry, Persona 5 is the only reason Sega still exists. Okay. Uh... Hyping of the dead. Put that on mobile. On that note, Do we're moving get. on. So we are going to move on to the last topic of the night. And hey, Mark, it's your favorite game company, Konami. So 
Nick, how about you lead us off with the uh, the thing that we're going to be talking about here? Yeah, typing in the dead on mobile. Let's do it. Okay. All right, <laughs> All right but for real. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I mean, this happened... Well, the story got out at the beginning of June, so we are a little late to the party on this one. Yeah, we that, couldn't talk about it because we were doing E3 at the time. It literally uh, broke, I think, the week before E3. So, yes, sorry sorry that we're late to the party, I, I guess. But it's but, still relevant. Yeah, here, here's the general rundown of the thing. So, um, to read up on it, you can go look up the report on Kotaku by uh, Brian Ashcraft. Um, and he just kind of, you know, re-reported uh, an article from Nikkei. Nikkei, how, I don't know how to pronounce that website's name, actually. But, uh, Japanese website. So... Konami is basically going to other game companies and, you know, s telling them to be cautious of their former employees. And they also have, there's also um, a, health, a health insurance association for uh, g game developers that Konami has a big hand in because of their sports club's involvement in it. And they are blocking Kojima Productions from getting into this health insurance association because, you know, they they aren't big fans of Kojima anymore. So it's just more of Konami doing, you know, not so not so good things just out of spite to Kojima. And I'm sure there's a bit more to it as well. You, you don't uh, have to be nice about it, Mark. Morning. You don't have to. You don't have to be nice about it, Nick. I, which just say, one? Just say, just say, Konami's being a bunch of douchebags. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 being a bunch of cranky assholes about Metal Gear. There you go. I don't know. Like, oh, the new one just looks horrible. But Survive, it it's you uh, know, if I can talk about Survive for like one second, I'll be quick. I feel like this wouldn't be a problem as an expansion to Five if none of the stuff with Kojima went down. Like, if Metal Gear Survive got announced in and that stuff with Kojima never happened, people would be like, oh, okay, it's a 5 expansion. That's about it. But now, yeah, people are just going to tear that thing apart. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they should. It doesn't look interesting, but if there's anything going for it, the Metal Gear Solid 5 gameplay is solid, so that's probably about the only thing that'll have. All right, yeah. so... Now, looking at Konami and their latest piece of uh, dumb fuckery uh, yeah, with suck. how they are black, uh, blacklisting their former employees, um, why isn't anybody making a bigger stink about this? I mean, usually people have been making big stinks about the dumb shit that Konami has been doing the past couple of years. Uh, I know you're <laughs> you're big you're big on uh, denouncing everything that Konami's been doing the past couple of years. Mark, uh, give me share me share, share me your thoughts. I'm very tired. You want to pass it on? No, it's it's that's that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I'm very. That's why nobody's making as big of a deal about it. Like this is okay. Without directly oh, okay. making the parallels, all right. Mm-hmm. There comes a point when you are dealing with something, an entity that is just so utterly embarrassing and self-owning that continues to succeed despite all logic and reason, that you, you just get tired. You just, you can't care anymore. Because 
nothing that you say matters and then nothing will change and it's I could be talking about anything right now there's certainly parallels in the real world where this applies but it's very much the Konami situation why should we care I it sucks to say that but why should we care you know this is a company where everybody laughed at them for moving away from the console video game development business and moving basically to pachinko machines and they made money hand over fist everybody laughed at them for you know latching on to making a, a metal gear game that's going to be about killing weird like <laughs> monster zombies and you know they're still in business they're still making money nobody cares it's, <sighs> it's bless you bless you thank you i'm very tired because it, it doesn't matter you know it's it's sad and it's embarrassing and it sucks but you can't shame Konami into changing their business practices. And I don't know whether this is because of the rumors that, like, whether it's that the rumors are true that they have Yakuza ties, or whether the person who's running them is just this much of a shameless shit show of a human being that he is willing to just allow Konami to be this hollow husk of a fucking corporate entity that only exists to shovel money into its diseased dead maw but here's the reality it doesn't matter god is dead nobody loves you enjoy arby's (laughs) (laughs) wow okay then (laughs) very bleak but yes (laughs) i mean to put it onto the alternative perspective though at least with konami i don't care because frankly the best games that Konami made, they have shit all over as a company. I was never a fan of Metal Gear Solid beyond the first game. And I know people are going to be mad about that. Sorry. I actually I don't support think you Hideo on that. Kojima is especially, an especially creative entity as such. He made two th- games I think are really great, a game I think is fine, and a bunch of stuff that I think is super fucking windy and utterly up its own ass. I'm glad that he's making his own games. I just, I don't have that attachment to Metal Gear. I don't have that attachment to Silent Hill because Konami has been murdering it in its bed for years at this point. I don't care if Konami goes out of business tomorrow. I don't care if they continue shoveling the same shit for 10 years into pachinko machines and making money off of it. What has Konami done to merit me to care? They've already ruined everything that they've touched associated with the Hudson brand. Silent Hill has been terrible for years. Like, I, it, it doesn't affect me, so I don't care. Like, oh no, there are plenty of great games from plenty of companies that give a shit and actually want my money out there. Fuck Konami. Hmm. Hashtag fuck Konami. Let's start the trend. Well, let's restart no, Sterling it. started that a, a years ago. Yeah. So let's just bring it back to light. Hashtag fuck Konami. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Keith, your thoughts? Do you agree with Mark on this matter? I mean, has it practically gotten to the point where just people are just too tired to give a shit? That pretty much sounds about right. It's beating the same. I, honestly, when you initially brought the topic up, and I was doing like research on, it, I'm all like, so basically they're just doing the human being thing of they're just being jackasses. Um. I am kind of tired of seeing Konami keep on doing the same shit, and they definitely destroyed a series that I really, really loved, which was Metal Gear. I did, I particularly liked it, but you know what? I'm allowed to like bad things as well. So, um, I won't even but, say that the Metal Gear is bad. I just, I just don't think that Kojima is 
is the guy that everybody thinks he is. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm in. I'm inclined to agree with you. Like he made some good games, but I don't think that he's like fucking god or anything like that. And that new game that he is developing, whatever it's going to make its presence known, just seems fucking weird to me. Um, but uh, yeah, that sounds probably about right. I'm just kind of tired of hearing about uh, about Konami and them just constantly fucking up left and right. And they have all these great series and. Uh, that's about it. Uh, well, even though I am intrigued to see what they do about Castlevania on Netflix, but other than that, I could give two shits about Konami. Okay, here's a question that I will pose. Uh, I'll give it to you, Nick, and then we'll go around the table. Um, what if Konami, within a couple years, decides to pull a Sega and suddenly start to actually give a damn about what their fans think and you know revive franchises actually start producing good games again will that bring you back to konami or has the bullshit that they've been doing for the past few years completely ruined the uh relationship with you me personally well yeah we'll start with you and then we'll go around no like just like my feeling personally not like just a a mass thing for people right yeah just for like your feelings towards konami not real not really because the only thing I really ever cared about that came out of Konami was Metal Gear. I, I was never a big Silent Hills fan, and I can't... Is there anything else they've done outside... Castlevania, yeah, but I don't think... The Lords of Shadows franchise, yeah. I don't... Like, Kojima's gone. I'm not really sure you can make a Metal Gear game without him, or, like, capture that same feeling of a Metal Gear game without him, so... If they decide to do that and say, hey, we've been jackasses for a long time, we should probably stop that. I mean, good on them, but I don't think it would make me want to buy any of their games. It would probably make me less hesitant, too, if they did make a game where I was like, oh, that looks interesting. But, I mean, in general, it probably wouldn't push anything in their direction. Not me, at least. All right. Uh, Same question to you, Keith. Again, is that... Well, this is also realistically, if I see a game that I like, I will generally buy it. No matter who develops it, who makes it, whatever. If it honestly captures my essence and my opinion on something, or I feel that it's going to be a good game, I'm going to buy it. So that really doesn't weigh on that one. I'm just done with Konami on the whole, and again, they destroyed one of my favorite franchises, and I don't really foresee them doing very, very much after that i think they kind of just shit the bed then they're gonna just slowly like uh disintegrate into nothing but i have no idea for mm-hmm. how about you mark do you think konami can somehow win back your love if they were to listen to the fans bring back franchises and put out good games again to be fair they never had my love to begin with like <laughs> hypothetically no no absolutely not and it's, it's, this is the thing, it's, even if, even if, like, the, the C, and, and let's just call it what it is, even if the CEO of Konami either has his heart stolen or dies um, in some capacity or another, because really that's the stolen. only options that you get, has his heart stolen or dies, like, you know, it's a Persona 5 situation or it's a Death Note situation. Those are the only two options you got. Sorry, but... If, if, if one of those two things happen, 
and the company somehow turns into, you know, the Konami of old. Okay. Like, great. We're, we're going to go back to releasing, you know, the Castlevania games that we loved. We're, we're going to... Like, there, there's only so much you can do. Even if they somehow manage to bring Iga back into the, into the fold, which you're probably not going to. And they somehow manage to bring... Um, Kojima back into the fold, which they're pretty much not going to do. At this point, I don't think he like, would even want to come back at this point. No, right. Sony's throwing money at him. Why would he? Right, like in order to become the the company that everybody loved, they would need to bring back Hideo Kojima. They would need to bring back Iga. They would need to reassemble Team Silent. It's they. Are, this is a question that is impossible to answer because, uh, you would literally be better off shitting into your own hand and clapping. <laughs> okay <laughs> that is the greatest thing ever i've heard <laughs> but i mean am i tell me i'm wrong tell no me, tell me you're not is, you're yeah, not like, this, is, this is literally impossible or it is so impossible that the the possibility of it is is rapidly approaching zero mm -hmm. there's no way for konami to become this company in a hypothetical world where this happens though no, like the, the, we we still would have to remember that it is entirely possible for whatever happened in the first place to happen again, and they will have fucked up everything dramatically to a point where it's like you would need an entire generation to pass before Konami was able to escape the taint of everything that happened. <laughs> well, there we have it, pretty much. Um, in terms of Konami. It, they're they're literally dead to us. Uh oh, Mark. Yeah, that's fine. I just pushed the wrong button. Yeah. So Konami is literally dead to us from this point out. Even it, unless they do something like groundbreaking, which is probably never going to happen. Uh, I'm trying to think, think of well, there, there there was a skateboarding game that I'm pretty sure they published that was in the arcades where you stood on a skateboard and it was like downhill skateboarding. Racing. I forgot what that game's called, but I'm pretty sure they published it. Well, they <laughs> you, want, you want to get me interested? Dumb. Bring that back. But here's here's my thing. Here's what I would honestly like, and you know, it's it's it sounds fatalistic, but I promise it isn't. I would like it if Konami went out of business. That's fine too. That's fine. Well, well we need I'm more. Not all the people losing their jobs, but uh. yeah, no, no. This is the thing. Well. Actually, I feel like that would be an improvement because at least then the people who worked for Konami could apply for jobs and not have to worry about somebody preventing them from getting those jobs. Exactly. You know, that this. would be one less asshole company in the world. Right, but no. No, my reason is I would like to see companies that know what they're fucking doing to get their hands on these franchises and do something with them. Like, mm -hmm. how awesome would it be if a company owned the rights to Snatcher that would actually just put Snatcher somewhere where we can pay money for it? Hmm. That would be great. I'm surprised we haven't had a re-release in Xbox Live Arcade or PSN or anything for Snatcher, whether it's the Saturn version, the PlayStation version, the Sega CD version, hell, even the uh, the MSX version. That would be nice. Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't understand why, like, you know... Like, I don't understand why it's so hard to get a functioning version of the older Silent Hills. Uh, I, I imagine imagine a company that actually understands the value of Hudson's Adventure Island and tries to make money off of these things reasonably. It's, I wouldn't even know who could be that company, but Konami clearly isn't it. 
they've had they've had the rights to the Hudson franchises for years at this point, and they've done nothing with it. Mm-hmm. I, so my honest wish is that Konami would go out of business. That's not going to happen, but my honest wish is that they go out of business. All of the people that work for them would probably be able to land on their feet and would actually be able to get job references that don't prevent them from working in the industry. And people would actually buy these licenses that Konami owns and do things with them that are actually vital and interesting and might actually make money that isn't invested exclusively in pachinko machines and trying to wring blood out of a stone. All right. So, you know what? I have to say, you can't end it on a stronger word than what you've practically just gone on, Mark. So we're going to... We're going to start wrapping things up here, and uh, how about we open the floor? We have a bunch of new people in the audience. Uh, go ahead. This usually happens every other show, so the floor is now open. If you got a question for us, please ask away. We uh, we are open books. We will not bite much. So, uh, uh, I was going to say I've been open for blouse, but okay. So um, go ahead, ask your questions, and uh, we will answer them to the best of our ability if we don't get many questions we'll just wrap things up we'll plug our stuff and end the show so got to give people a chance to type too i mean even though i'm a slow typer i'm sure they got like big questions all right and uh carnifex is asking what would you guys like to see most be it from nintendo or sega or god forbid even konami aside from going out of business oh no we just lost nick oh no uh, oh no! Oh no! Okay, so uh, this is gonna take a little bit. Oh man, everything is out of whack now on next split. Uh, I hope he didn't lose oh, internet. Okay, right. Uh, let's see. What would you guys like to see most? Be it from like, um, just a thing that we would like to see in general, or probably no. here. I'll go first. Um, here's what I would like to see. Uh. I would like to see the freaking Fantasy Star franchise return to its classic RPG roots. Hey, I like Fantasy Star Online. I like, uh... I, I, I like, um, you know, Fantasy Star Online too. I actually enjoy Fantasy Star Zero. Those are great games and all. But I would like to see Fantasy Star return to its RPG roots. That is where I think the, uh, the franchise needs to go at this point. So, uh, maybe you agree, Mark? Um... I mean, I would be fine with that. I I don't necessarily know that I feel like we need that thing as such. Uh, like, I mean, let's be clear. I would love to have a fantasy star. But if, if we're talking, like, anything, 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 um, I know it's like it's a tough question. It Definitely, is. A, it it really it. is. It's probably one of the toughest questions we've actually had because it, it forces us to think. <laughs> a Sui Codenesque JRPG featuring all of the casts from all of the personas. Jesus Christ, that's going to be like more characters in the goddamn Pokemon franchise. It'd still be less than the characters and the amount of characters in Sui Coden. <laughs> that's crazy. How about you, Keith? Uh... Man, again, this is a really, really good question. I wish I would have like a better answer for it. Um, anything goes for that. I would really like to see a good, mind you, 
team up between uh, Nintendo and uh, Square Enix and make an actual like either a new Super Mario RPG or something similar to that or just something like a really really good team up project like that uses something to um, Nintendo's like classic franchise or something along those lines I think that would be really interesting to say the least uh, um, our buddy Hazel Grimm in the chat is saying he would love to see a Battle Toads 2 that could be a possibility uh, since Microsoft owns I think the rights uh, owning well, they Rare. Are rare so yeah so that could be a possibility. I mean, we might actually see maybe an HD remake someday. Who knows? Uh, just cross your fingers. And uh, since our buddy Nick is now hanging out in the chat room, he would love to see a brand new Advanced Wars game. So uh, let's open up to another question real quick. If not, we will just uh, end the show right here. I'd so. be fine with Animal Crossing on the Switch. Yeah, but that would I, be. Cool. I only have so much interest in Animal Crossing. I honestly, for as much interest as I have in the franchise, I have yet to pick up a single Animal Crossing game. I keep looking at the franchise. I'm like, you know what? With every game that comes out, I'm like, yo, that looks pretty cool. I should try it out sometime. Hey, that looks oh, like it could fun. be a fun. That could be a fun casual game, but I never pick one up. It's not really a casual game because it's kind of baking up those mechanics of like Farmville or whatnot that you have to be constantly involved in it like the grass will grow too big or anything along those lines it it's one of those oh look who came back hey what's up hey sneaking up on us so anyway yeah, advanced wars would be cool what I missed <laughs> <laughs> okay so I, it doesn't look like we have any more questions coming our way so uh transition god damn it <laughs> yeah you came in just for the transition. Way to go. Um, so we're just going to end the show right here. We're going to do a little bit of shout-outs. Um, oh, wait. we uh, do, 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 do. Could Animal Crossing unchanged in its current state make a truly good mobile game? Um, do you think mo uh, Nintendo would allow for an iOS or an Android version of the game? I think they would allow it, but I think they would have to have some... They might even possibly do it. That's I, I could actually get behind that. I probably could. Here's what the thing. I, they would make an Animal Crossing mobile game, and it would be all right, but it would just make me want to play the actual Animal Crossing game. There, there would be something missing from it that would just make me want to play the actual proper version of that game. It's kind of like Fire Emblem Heroes. It's, it's Fire Emblem, but not fully. But yeah. here's the thing where if Nintendo was smart and keep in mind I'm saying if they were smart they would make dia they would make like the um they would make it a freemium game like they're doing with all their other games for it. like oh you can get this by paying a dollar ninety nine or you get X amount of bells for five dollars or whatever have you so that way you can get yourself out of debt because that's what the game is all about. It's all like, oh, did you just come into this world? Oh, here's debt. Yeah. All right, uh, what about you, Mark? You think that would work? Oh, yeah, I feel like it would absolutely transition to a mobile phone platform completely unchanged. Mechanically speaking, Animal Crossing is not especially complex. It functions in the appropriate way that you would expect it to from a mobile perspective, and you can do everything with it that you would conceive of with just touch controls on a phone or a tablet or whatever. There's absolutely no reason Nintendo couldn't just release that as a mobile device or a mobile phone game and have it work exactly as it does right now. Do I think it would be an especially profitable mobile phone game for them? That one's a little more questionable. I definitely could see where they could make money offering different avatar patterns. Uh, 
you know, customization options for your homes, things of that nature that you could dig up, and giving the ability to purchase bells and packages and whatnot. But do I think it would work? Oh, absolutely. It would work, and it would be... Honestly, you would not notice a difference, except that you would have to touch in the direction you want your character to go, which, I'm going to be honest, would probably be an improvement over the standard controls that they use for Animal Crossing now. All right. Could so, you imagine just getting a push notification from Tom Nook every day if you downloaded that game? Exactly. <laughs> you get a text message from him every day. You, you, you going to pay your loan? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Last question of the night oh, is from man. Lola, and I think we can all agree on the answer to this one. Do you think any kind of fan resurgence in a franchise like Snatcher or the like would make Konami consider revisiting the titles? And if so, how large one would if it need to be? The answer to that is a really, really loud no. Nintendo, or Konami gives no fucks. We could have literally 2 billion people say, hey, we want a Snatcher sequel or a Snatcher re-release, and Konami I be disagree. like... Okay. Don't make a Snatcher pachinko machine out of spite, probably. They, yeah, that's probably they what they would already. do. Okay, Mark. Oh, are you are you done? I just wanted to note that I disagreed. I was going to give you the opportunity to like, finish saying your piece. I just wanted to be noted that I disagreed so that when you were done, I could say my piece. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's 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 fine. It's like I'm just saying, like you can finish. I just wanted it to be noted that I disagreed, so that like you know we could come back to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go, no, go for it. Oh, okay. Um, here's my thing. Konami has shown that they are actively interested in making money. They don't like they don't care in what way they make that money. It just has to be enough money to justify it. I feel like if there was a significant amount of money in them re-releasing Snatcher, they absolutely would do it. Because they are making Metal Gear games, because Metal Gear is a cash cow for them, and they are making soccer games, because that's a cash cow for them. Nothing else that they have in their repertoire at this point makes enough money to justify the investment for them beyond making pachinko machines. If there was a sudden massive influx of popularity for any of their franchises, whether it be Contra or Snatcher or Police Knots or Silent Hill or whatever, if there was some kind of major uptick in popularity that justified them revisiting the titles, I think they would do it. Do I think they would develop these games in-house in the way that fans would appreciate? Fuck no. <laughs> but... I do think that if, like, you know, two million voices cried out, we want Snatcher, Konami would shrug and go, okay, and then they'd release the Sega CD version of the damn thing to a, a platform, finally. You know, it's, it's... The least amount of effort that they would have to perform to justify the financial winning of it is, is you know, would, would justify whether or not they do it. They were totally willing to re-release Suicoden 2 to you know, Sony's store not too long ago because there was money in doing it. I don't think they'd make a full sequel, and if they did, I don't think it'd be any good, but I absolutely do think if there was a shitload of noise behind them re-releasing Snatcher, yeah, they'd do it. Well, I mean, that is pretty reasonable, to be truthfully honest, but I'm of the mindset that if Konami really wanted to, I don't think they exactly would. I think they'd probably, like be behind the ball and maybe do it like after the demand has like suddenly dissipated after everyone's lost hope. 
That's that's and just the way I see it. Chinko machine. Yeah, probably. I don't think they're an especially flexible company, just in general. I, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't, I don't want to use business terms like that sort of shit. But I don't think they're an especially agile corporation. I don't think that they can adjust particularly well in any capacity. Like I, I legitimately feel like all of the stuff that they're doing now has been stuff that's been in play within their own decision-making prospects for years, and I don't, I don't feel like they can pivot particularly well even in as pared down of a state as they are at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about you, Keith? Well, pretty much I'm kind of inclined to agree that if there's enough outcry for something, eventually I think that the masses will win for it. But I'm also the mindset that Konami just kind of doesn't like people and or like their franchises. So, again, they might hear it. They might be like, eh, and then just kind of like port it off someplace or do something to that magnitude and or that measure. Honestly, the like, fuck Konami. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag fuck Konami. All right. And with that, we will end the show right here. Let's do some plugs. Um, Mark, did you want to take a check uh, a second to plug anything? Um, well, I'm probably going to actually get back into properly updating Neo Kobe Pizza this week. It's a good podcast. Uh, just, I'm still recovering from surgery, but I will probably have it officially like ready to go sometime this week, editing-wise. So, you know, you can check that out over on SoundCloud.com slash MarkBWriting. You can also go on to iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are hosted. Search up Neo Kobe Pizza. Uh, it's the only gaming podcast that floats in soup. And you can feel free to check it out. I should be able to get a new episode up this Friday. Additionally, I have a bunch of stuff that I'm kind of talking with people on creating. Uh, I don't 100% want to say anything involved just because I don't know how much of it's going to actually come to fruition. But I would definitely keep an eye over on my Twitter, which is helpfully linked below my little middle fingering avatar there <laughs> because I, I definitely have some plans both on my own and with associates of mine Mr. J. Rose included to try and do other things in the near future alright and uh, Nick do you have anything you'd like to plug uh, follow me on Twitter at it's Nick it's right below me you can Follow me on any social media platform at It's Nick. If you type it in and see it, it is probably me. Typing of the Dead on mobile. Do it, Sega. <laughs> and uh, Keith? Uh, nothing new at the uh, burner other than uh, one project that I am currently working on. But other than that, nothing uh, new to report at this time. Okay, and as for me... As you've probably noticed, I am now returning to running Dead or Alive 5 last round tournaments bi-weekly on opposite Mondays of this podcast. So next Monday is no GVN Live. It will be another DOA or a DOA Free Step Dodge bi-weekly at 8.30 p.m. That is July 3rd. Coming up is another Game Jam this Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time where we are going to end a Sonic Fan Game Month. I'm going to be playing a rather unique Sonic fan game called Sonic Chrono uh, Adventure. This is kind of like a Metroidvania-style Sonic the Hedgehog game with elements of you know, time traveling taken from Sonic CD. So this is going to be interesting. It looks weird. It looks loopy from the gameplay videos I was uh, watching. So 
tune in this Wednesday to check it out. Uh, also, is my this Thursday is my Three Vets and a Noob uh, Fantasy Star Online Bluebirds Adventures show that we do on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern as well. That includes my cast of me, Rico, Matt, and Lance as we provide two hours of bullshit and comedy and insults as we play Fantasy Star Online. So please feel free to join us for a laugh. Um, With that, I want to thank everybody here for tuning in and chatting with us here on GVN Live. I want to thank everybody here on the panel with me today. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, uh, Nick, for subbing in. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And everybody out there, have a good night. Bye, nice people. Adios. Deuces.